Hello, this is Ed Hill. I'm the host of This Week in the Word. We're going to be starting a series today, which will take us probably quite a while to complete. We're going to start a walk with Christ through the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. Take your Bibles or your iPad or however you're encountering the Word of God today, maybe on your phone, and let's go to the Gospel of Mark. If you're somewhat new to the Christian faith, still finding your way around the Bible, Mark is in the New Testament of the Bible. That's in the second half of the Bible. So when you find the New Testament, find the Gospel of Matthew, and right after that, let's see, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So right after that will be the Gospel of Mark. And I'm going to do this a little differently than we've done um, our Psalms. I'm going to read through... Uh, probably a chapter at a time, maybe not always a chapter, but I'm going to try to do that today. And I'm going to make comments as I read through it. So while you're reading the Bible, you'll see what the Bible actually is saying and be able to tell the difference between what the Bible says and where I may may be making a comment. So let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The main thing, as I read over this again several times this morning, is we're going to see in the Gospel of Mark, right from the very first verse, the Heavenly Father identifies Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and He is God. And we're going to see that proven right here in chapter 1. At least three times, He's identified directly as this one who is going to come, the Son of God. Mark 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There it is, right there. There's no guessing, no wondering. God says Jesus Christ is his Son that was sent to save the world. This is believed to be the earliest gospel. And we believe that Mark wrote this, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but in consulting with the Apostle Peter. So we see right here in the very first verse that Jesus Christ is identified as the Son of God. Verse 2, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So we see here that Mark hearkens back to the Old Testament. I I believe this is a passage from Isaiah. I did not check that, but I believe that's correct. But the prophets predicted that before the Son of God came, there would be one sent before him to prepare the way. So he brings up that prophecy 
And then what do you know in verse 4, we're introduced to the one that God sent before Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus. And we see in Mark 1 verse 4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now this is the one that we often refer to as John the Baptist. Verse 5, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locust and wild honey. John had a high-protein, high-energy diet, and he was a high-energy servant of God. Verse 7, And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So here again, we see, first of all, I want to make a point that we see the Trinity here, because we see the Son being baptized, identifying with men. He did not need to confess sin, obviously, but he identified with us. We see God the Father specifically identifying Jesus Christ as his Son, and we see the Holy Spirit come upon Jesus. So we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is directly identified as the Son of God. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit prompted Jesus to go into the wilderness just like Moses was with God 40 days, 40 nights. Jesus spent time with the Father and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him. Now, the other Gospels go into great detail about this time, and I will refer you to the Gospels like Matthew and Mark, uh, excuse me, Matthew and Luke to learn more about that. But Jesus was tempted by Satan to get off of the plan of God for his life to be our Savior and to be very selfish and, you know, rule without going to the cross and all of that. And Jesus said, no. And Jesus answered Satan three times with Scripture. Jesus Christ remained true to his mission to be our Savior. So he passed the test. Then in verse 14, 
Now, by the way, Mark is often called the action gospel because Mark packs so many things into a little space that we go from thing to thing to thing to thing and event, and you'll see that right here in this first chapter. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So from the standpoint of those who put John in prison, it went from bad to worse. Now Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, you know, John's in prison. Jesus says, I'm taking over, and he preaches the truth. And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. That is, believe the good news about himself, that he was the Savior. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Man, that, that we could be that quickly obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse 19. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. You see, the, the scribes would do their teaching and they would say, well, you know, good old Dr. So-and-so said this meant this, but Dr. So-and-so said no, this meant that, and they, were, they didn't teach the word of God. They, they relied too much on men. Jesus just came in and preached the word of God, and this blew away the synagogue. They, they were not used to this. He taught them as if he had written this, which, of course, he had. He is God. He inspired the Bible. He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. <clears throat> and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Now I want to make a few points here about this very unusual incident. Jesus went into the synagogue. Now, 
notice that sometimes people say, well, you know, we don't have to go to church to show we love the Lord. No, I don't even want to argue about that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, attended synagogue. He went to the temple. Come on. Of course, people who are truly saved are going to want to be where God is worshipped and with the people of God. Say, well, I don't go to church because there's some bad people there. Well, hey, you know, no kidding, right here. There's somebody in there that's so so out of control, they're, they're demonized. They're indwelt by a fallen angel in rebellion against God. And this probably was a fine, upstanding member of that synagogue. But finally, when, when he was confronted with God, with the truth, he couldn't handle it. And Jesus freed this man from the demon that was in him. Personally, I want to believe that this man got saved right here. He had been religious, but he was completely controlled by the devil. And you can write this down on a rock and bury it. It'll be true a hundred years from now. There are plenty of people around. All right, let's go now to verse... 30. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. A few days ago, I was very sick with a head cold and had a fever. How wonderful it would have been to have been healed immediately. And I know this is a great thing that happened for Peter's mother-in-law. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. So it's sort of like, hey, go get everybody you know. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, well, let's, let's hang on there just a second. Um, so Jesus heals people who are, are simply diseased, and he heals people who are diseased because of demonic oppression. Explain that, Brother Ed. Hey, I'm just reporting what's written here. Not all sickness is related to demonic activity, but some of it is. And Jesus healed people in both categories. So... By now, they're rounding up everybody probably in the entire region to be healed by Jesus. Verse 35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now this is a great life lesson here, here modeled by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to get anything done on a given day, you better get up early. Because if you don't, the rest of the world will fill up your schedule. Jesus got up early, and he spent time with his heavenly Father. If Jesus, in his humanity, as the Son of God on earth, had to do this, then we need to do it even more so. So he's praying, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. Yeah, I bet, you know, with all the healing that Jesus had been doing and freeing people from 
crazy lies because of demonic oppression. But notice what he says, verse 38, And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth, that is, to preach the gospel. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Now in the Bible, to prevent contagion, people were not to touch lepers. This was for everybody's own good. But here, Jesus is a son of God. He's so powerful that he's not going to get a contagious disease. He banishes it. So Jesus touches him and the leprosy flees Jesus. This man is immediately healed. Amazing. In verse 43, And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Well, this is how he would have a great witness to the priest back in Jerusalem. Verse 45, and this is understandable, but he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Friends, when people recognize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is in the house, and he is present to save and to heal and to help us, you can't keep the crowds away. That completes Mark chapter 1. And my main plea to you today is if you are not actually a Christian, that you will cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ today to save you, that you will recognize him as the Son of God and receive him as your personal Savior and Lord, trusting only in what he did on the cross to pay the full penalty for your sin, believing that he rose again the third day, he's seated with the Father in heaven, and he's coming again to take you to his kingdom. Get saved. If you are already a Christian, I hope this draws you into a closer walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I'll see you on the next one and this week in the Word.